A florist's world is filled with big-budget, Instagram-worthy moments, leaving so many florists feeling inadequate or discouraged because this isn't the type of work that they're attracting. But the bigger issue I see florists struggle with is being overwhelmed and exhausted and frankly, counting down the days till the end of wedding season. If you are struggling keeping up with the day-to-day -day details of your business like proposals, ordering product, client meetings, and then getting this week's wedding done, all while trying to balance kids, a day job, self-care, and whatever else gets thrown your way, I'm Jenny Beck, and I am going to help you feel so much lighter in your business. I believe that today you can start to change your business and your life, and I'm here to help. I used to struggle with pricing. Everyone needed a deal because I felt like that was the path of growing my business. But in the end, I was needing to do more and more weddings and my calendar filled up with uninspiring work. I came to a point I couldn't do it anymore. Through coaching, courses, masterminds, and a lot of self-work, that is all changed. I feel creatively inspired, have the resources to work on my business and not constantly in my business, all while making impactful money, being a more present mom, and feeling balance in my life and business. Whether this is your side hustle, your mom hustle, or your everyday hustle, this podcast is the place for all the juicy details of creating a business you adore. Flower friend, my name is Jen, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey, Flower friend, quick note. Our scheduling tool had a little error and actually flip-flopped our episodes. So we're leaving what would have been this week's episode uh, that posted last week as is, but we're changing the names and everything to match and the URL for our free guide to starting your floral business is going live today as well. So thank you so much for your understanding and I hope you enjoy these episodes. Hello, flower friend. This is Jen and you are listening to the Floral Hustle podcast. On this week's episode, we are going to talk about going back in time. And what I wish I knew when I had started my business. And that was a long time ago. There really wasn't like the internet like there is today because it was 17 years ago. And so there, there were some things that I just really was reflecting on that I was like, God, that, those things would have been nice to know. And I wish I had a flower or fairy godmother to tell me those things. So consider me your, your fairy godmother today, sharing these things that literally I feel like if I would have known them so long ago that I would be a different person at a way earlier point in my life. And I think it would have made a big impact in my business on the trajectory of it and really like the, the growth pace that it had. So to start out with, one of the biggest things that I think changed the game in my business was I, I always felt hesitant and felt like I didn't need it or I didn't have the money for it. There was just all these things I would tell myself whenever I thought about doing classes or education uh, or, you know, something along that line, like some type of learning that I would have to pay for usually, I literally just stayed away from it forever. I felt like I always had too much on my plate because I was working full time. And and then I always was like, I've been doing this forever. Like, what am I honestly going to learn? Like, I've been doing this forever. 
And so I started like just brainwashing myself that I didn't need growth. And at this point in my life, with even coaching people, I still hire coaches for myself. I still take courses. I still learn all the time. I completely changed my mindset into being a growth or open mindset instead of being closed off. Because being closed off, I wasn't innovating. I was um, okay with basically just being okay, which I am not okay with being okay anymore. I literally want to be the best version of myself every single day. I want to know more. I want to be more. I want to soak up other people's energy and advice. And I think with that, it is just, it's so helpful for you to to learn even just little bits of nuggets from from others in all facets of your life because they've been at a completely different spot than you are. Even if you started at the same time, they might have had personal training sessions if you're at the gym and you didn't. They might have had a customer experience as a florist or they did something that you haven't. Everybody can learn from each other. And so I wish I would have felt the importance of that way sooner. And really, I always felt like I don't because I was undercharging. I didn't have the money to invest in those things. And honestly, like, I should have made room. I should have done something because investing in coaching and training and courses literally has got me to where I am now which is a complete transformation in the mindset department, in the my skill level, my confidence level. It has just been invaluable. And so if you are not at a point in your floral journey, but I think you are a little bit if you are listening to this podcast, because this is a first step to growth. You are soaking up my energy, my knowledge. If you're listening to other podcasts, you're doing the same. So you are taking steps to be the best version of yourself and reflect on that because like think of what you've learned out of those podcasts that you listen to. That is a a growth opportunity that you are taking advantage of and you should be proud of yourself for that. The second one, I was so dedicated to one wholesaler for a long time. Then I started using another wholesaler and then I got really dedicated to them. It is okay to court and work with multiple wholesalers, and here's why. Every single one of them has sources that are different from each other. They often have different pricing structures. They have different buyers. They have a different level of operating. And that level of operating might be they don't give a shit if they get your roses or not when you special order them three weeks in advance. Or that level of operating might be them coming down to your studio and wanting to figure out how can I do more business with you? Like what didn't go right? What went wrong? Which was a wholesaler just a a week ago for me. And that level of caring is huge because you are not just a business. You are a person that is literally making promises to yourself, making promises to your couples that you're going to deliver certain things 
like a certain look, feel, texture of their wedding flowers. And if nobody deliver, if your wholesaler doesn't deliver, like that's you. Your your couple isn't getting mad at the wholesaler. They're getting upset at you. As long as I, I think that that's very avoidable if you have set up the whole discussion from the get-go on the right kind of vibe or playing field, which I've talked about in another episode to not promise specific blooms to your couples. But with that, like literally that wholesaler is like your your success contingency plan, which is not a great space to live in. You want to be able to feel confident that that wholesaler is the best at getting these types of things. And when you don't test multiple wholesalers, then you're just kind of you're playing roulette and you don't know they could get it. The buyer could be on today. The buyer could have, you know, sourced it from the right farm. So difficult items, I personally source them from two wholesalers because if both of them disappoint me, then it's probably really a problem with that product in the market. But I am upping my chances of success by ordering from both of them. And what I usually do is I split my order that I need and maybe just add a little bit extra from each place. Because then if I only get from one as well, then I'm still, I still got it. I can still use it in the bouquets or use it in an impactful way that will pop to my couple. So it's okay to cheat on your wholesaler and have another one. Totally okay. Another thing I fought for a long time, and it wasn't an epic long time, but it was long enough, is getting a cooler. And this is a struggle that I see so many florists go go through in some of the Facebook groups that I'm in. Literally, it is okay for you to, for one, invest in your business in something that is going to help make your job easier. Two, it is a tax deduction. You are investing in your business. A cooler is a tax deduction. And three, you are going to have so much less stress. And is your stress level worth an investment? Because that's where usually the hinge is. I, you need the money to invest. Literally, it is one of the best investments that I made because I'm not having to worry that I'm putting my personals in some fridge or something like that, and then the vent freezes them. I'm not have to worry if for some reason my roses pop because maybe they were a little bit aged, that I don't have a place to put them. So then that is going to make them look like crap when I deliver them on wedding day. You don't have to do any of that. You can literally just invest in a cooler, take the tax deduction, take the alleviation of stress in your life, put it in a garage, put it downstairs, put it somewhere. And my biggest thing that I've done, I, I literally choose not to struggle. I choose not to do overwhelm. I, I literally have a mantra. I don't do overwhelm. I don't do hard because I've created the type of business that gives me the resources to pay a moving company to move that. If you find it on Craigslist, you find it on, I actually have bought one of my coolers on KBID. I've literally hired a moving company and it, it costs like, I think, $300. But you know what? I am not going to hurt my back. 
I am not going to hurt my partners or some people that work for me, their back. I am not going to stress about, do I have the right straps? Do I have all that right? You do not need to do that. You are an action-taking, problem-solving person. And hiring a moving company for this item is so worth it for you not to be stressing about moving this cooler for a week. You don't need to stress. Somebody else can handle the stress for you. All right. Then I also, when it comes to a lot of these things are investment um, related. I literally didn't invest in like key rental pieces that I have now that literally are very good money makers that are kind of cornerstones of my my floral designs because I use those items. So if you are thinking, having an arch in your inventory is a, let's just say, four to $500 investment, and you're going to have to rent it out a few times to recoup that, that investment is so worth it. My first, I hesitated on this for so long, and about five years ago, I got my first arch that literally a mother of the bride gave me as um, part of, I think, like a tip just to say thank you for all the work I did. And I've literally rented this free arch out. It is a copper kind of upside down U arch. I have rented it out and I rent it for um, $100. I've rented it out at least, I would say, 15 times. 15 times. And it was free. So that arch sells on Etsy. That's where I would get it from if I wanted another one for like $300. Then I added, uh, and I actually, I did an Instagram reel about this. I added a gold double hoop round arch. And it was around $400 as well, I believe. And I've rented that out like 17 times. That one was more expensive than, of course, free when I got the free arch from the mother of the bride. But I have literally, because the designs I can do on that round arch are usually cooler and bigger and better, I've gotten to do so many things with that arch because of it. So think about all of those possibilities. If you're craving a certain arch or a certain thing in your business, Like, make that move because if you're inspired by it, you're going to be able to sell that to your, to your couples. I am in love with a, um, a new rental set that I have that has these dainty, beautiful bud vases, has, uh, these candle holders that I got from Jamalia's Gardens that are ribbed and I have all different sizes, plus taper candle holders that I sourced from Yummy Candles. And so I have this set and I have beautiful pictures of what it looks like all together. And it is so easy for me to sell this as a set. And I, it was an investment to get all these pieces, but I can sell that. I think I have it this season. I think I have seven weddings with it. And my taper candle holders, literally, I rent them for what they originally cost. And I think I rented them out for probably like eight or nine weddings last year and they were new in my inventory 
And that's like when I really rented them out, there were several head tables that I rented them out in addition to that. So that rental item, like when you see a key rental item that you feel like you would be able to sell the shit out of it, do it because you are inspired, you are pushed, you are like being creatively driven by this item and it will make your money back fast. Then I want to talk about like being a people pleaser and things that I I now know that I didn't need to say yes to. I didn't need to say yes to everyone and everything that came my way. I felt like I needed to do more, 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 which you've probably heard me talk about before. More, more, more of all of these things, like more weddings, more of these ugly centerpieces that I absolutely hate. More of all of these things because more mason jar, like baby's breath things. And I know now I can just say, you know what? That really isn't something that our studio specializes in. We specialize in garden style, um, you know, luxury or higher end centerpieces. And baby's breath and mason jars is not fit into um, our, our current uh, business model. You can easily support that. You put a hard line on, I don't need to do these things anymore. Or I don't need to do them, period, because they they hurt my heart to do them. Then I didn't need to do 100 weddings. I did 127 weddings one year while working full time. It was before children. But I was taking care of my parents. Uh, um, because both of them, um, especially my dad, he had COPD and uh, he was on oxygen and he just wasn't ever really in good health um, for the um, almost probably less 20 years of his life. And so I was taking care of them and running them to appointments and taking care of my parents. And I did 127 weddings. And I did a bunch of funeral work that year. It was absolutely crazy. I, I just... I, for some reason, felt in my heart that I had to say yes to everything. I had to be the cheapest. I had to just get myself out there and get exposure for my business, which, of course, I might have some referrals that are coming in now because I still, I I actually went through this big pivot and changed my business name. But those people are the wrong people because I want people that actually have budgets, that actually are have some style that fits with the aesthetic of my business that literally is someone that will put some money into their flowers not people that are $500 budget people not people that want mason jar centerpieces you know those people I don't want to attract anymore so doing all those weddings back then honestly isn't paying off now because that's not the type of couple that I want to attract so I didn't need to do that. And it took a long time. And even now, I don't want to do as many weddings as I was. And even now, sometimes I have like those moments where like, oh, I should be doing this wedding. This person referred them and on and on and on. No, I shouldn't. I should be doing this wedding if I want, if it inspires me, if it is profitable, if it doesn't, isn't stressful, then I should be doing this wedding. Not oh, this person referred it. No, I should just be doing weddings because I need revenue. And, you know, all of those icky, like, closed-minded, not growth mindset thinking 
then another thing i didn't need to be the cheapest in town i literally felt like i need to be the cheapest in town and i would get upset if like i lost a wedding and someone was cheaper what that was crazy i am not upset i literally i sent a um i lost a wedding this week to someone that literally i i asked for their feedback anytime somebody says they went in a different direction so if you are not asking for feedback because it feels uncomfortable you are not going to grow unless you hear the reasons and if that reason is somebody else was cheaper that is okay that is not something that i get upset about i get upset about if for some reason they didn't like what i came up with or they didn't like this item or they didn't like something about or i wasn't uh, maybe I don't know, like you're not responding fast enough. Some people like have no patience. And if you don't respond very fast, they like think you're not responsive enough. Or somebody responded to me sooner, which then I know that I responded right away. And I'm like, what does this person just like live and walk around with their phone open? That's not going to be me. And that doesn't need to be you. But finding out that feedback is an invaluable tool. So if somebody is cheaper and you lost that wedding because of price, that is okay. It is okay to not worry about being the cheapest in town because the cheapest in town is super stressed out, is not making the money that you are doing less weddings, and is likely going to burn themselves out. You are better than that. You deserve to have weddings that inspire you, make money that is impactful, and love what you do not feel like you are a cog in the floral wheel just making things happen that just don't matter as much as they should. All right, next thing. I am the queen of packing stuff. So strategically, you should see the stuff that gets packed in my van. Uh, I have a Chrysler um, Pacifica van, so it's like a full a regular van, not a full-size, like a, a, like a, industrial or a fleet van but i have a little system that i take card tables and then the skinny card tables that you see like in a school kind of setting that's like a um about two feet wide i will take those and i will make my van double layers i have all the tables pushed in there so i'll put two card tables that are like the four foot card tables and then i'll put the skinny table that's about two feet wide so it's like filling you know the inside of my van and pushing up against each other so that the tables aren't just like moving all over and then I double layer like my boxes everything in there so I'm getting you know a whole nother layer a whole nother capability to pack way more in my van but when you were doing big weddings like the thing I struggled with is I would like find all these people like do you have a van or do you have a truck that we could, with a topper on it, rent a truck? It is like $100 for the day. Charge it in your delivery fee if you know you need it and just rent the truck. It is so much easier and so much less stress to just rent the truck. So you deserve things to be easier. You deserve things to just feel lighter and like not be frantic that you're not going to fit things and that 
I usually rent from like U-Haul, uh, but there's also like this new fluid truck rental here in the Twin Cities. Like there are so many options and just just reserve a truck. Go get it, pack up, make sure when you're you're going to get it that like there's no, this just happened to me twice last year that there was the service engine light on. And literally I made them fix it or get me a different van before I left because I just, I wasn't going to deal with any issues. And I just keep the van that like overnight, so 24 hours, so I'm not renting it multiple days. But by, uh, renting a van is just, it's so easy. All right, another lesson. I, for years and years and years and years, invested so much in crowning glory, Hawaiian mist, all of the things that you spray on flowers to keep them fresher. After taking Passion Flower Sue's Studio Florist, which this woman is the queen of literally getting things to last long that, I mean, she's building these intricate things and leaves them in her hydration chamber and she just uses water. I literally just use water and I spray things because then they're drinking from their outside petals. I bought from the Dollar Tree a whole case of water bottle like sprayers, you know, buck 25 each. And I think 48 were in a case. So we always have water bottles that we can fill up if we need to. And then my biggest game changer is I bought a garden sprayer. It is one of those pump up garden sprayers that I put water in and I take that with me if I have ground installations or any flower installations, any foam-free installations, I, foam or foam-free, I bring it with because I spray it, especially like I did a couple weddings last year that were um, Hindu weddings and they were in a uh, literally like um, a, an atrium is what they call the room, but it has open skylights in it and literally it's just shining down on your designs. And because Hindu weddings are often very early in the morning, they start at like eight or nine, that process starts. I have to do them the night before because I am not going to come. That is another thing that like is just not super fun to me is I don't want to come at four in the morning. I actually, I did one that we only, it was outside and I was there at six o'clock in the morning this past year. And like, I, I did it because my decorator friend that is near and dear to me, like that, that's just like the bride was kind of difficult and I didn't want to make the situation difficult. So I was like, okay, we'll do this at six in the morning, even though I am not a morning person. I shouldn't be saying that because then I'm training myself that I'm not a morning person, but uh, I did it. But like literally, um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't probably need to, we could have figured it out to do some of it the night before, but that water, me spraying all those things because it was in a yard of a hotel and literally the sun started to, I literally sprayed those things, so much water on them for them to be able to drink, not only from the foam or whatever they were in, but also from their outside petals. So water, just spraying that, I, I just, spending all that money on Hawaiian mist, especially just, I, I've never seen it make a difference. And I have done a lot of weddings and a lot of testing on it. Then our next thing is literally developing email templates 
is something I wish I knew. I didn't need to recreate the wheel every single time I send an inquiry, a proposal, a reply email, a I'm not available email, all of those things. I literally should have just way long ago developed these templates in like Google Drive, Bika Google Word doc. This is my template for this. This is my template for that. If you want, you could even put them in your drafts, in your email. So you just go to your drafts and cut and paste out of it. But I literally did not need to reinvent the wheel all the time because it just, it just is, it's so much easier if you are strategic about what you are writing one time and one time only, like you're putting thoughtful energy into your communication, then just reusing that, changing key things so that they know that you are speaking to them. And then just keep reusing it. It's going to save you so much time. All right, the last thing, and this is something that I wish I knew, and I, I found out about it when I met my husband. So my husband is an entrepreneur as well, but he also has been a contractor. And with it for actually like the postal system and uh, for Best Buy, and he is a software uh, architect. And so literally he helped like develop the whole kind of internal infrastructure of the postal system. He worked there for 10 years and he worked for U.S. Bank, just all these different, but he was a contractor. And so he had his own company and that company was from a, and I actually, I also see this in a lot of the Facebook groups. Should I be an LLC? Should I be, what should I be? Should I be a DBA? All these questions. And I'm going to throw it out there today because this is something I did not even know about is consider being an S-Corp. What an S-Corp is, it is a type of corporation, but what the big difference is from a tax liability standpoint, and I am a full supporter, and the, me and my husband differ on this, of paying taxes. I feel that taxes are helping pay for our roads, paying for the police department, paying for, like, I am fully in support of paying reasonable taxes. I especially like school um, taxes, like our daughter, uh, and I've mentioned this in, in I think a podcast before, but also in some of my lives, my daughter has autism and the resources she gets at school cost money. And I understand that. And so I am fully in support of those resources being in place. But as a business owner, reducing your tax liability to whatever's possible, but still paying reasonable taxes to me, is something that is just being a smart business person. So with an S-Corp corporation, literally, I am paying myself as the business owner a reasonable salary. You can deem what that, like, actually, I literally just take the advisement of what my uh, tax representative, like, she tells me is reasonable. Then that profit that's left after all your expenses, all of those things, Literally, that is funneled into a separate section of your taxes, and you are then not paying Social Security and Medicare. Those add up. Social Security and Medicare are, are I think there's 7.5% that you would pay. So you are reducing on whatever that difference is beyond paying yourself a reasonable salary. You're reducing that tax liability by that, by being an S-corp. Plus, 
fun things. If you are an S-Corp, there are rules and things like that to maintain an S-Corp status. But one of those things is meetings. You literally get to have quarterly meetings that are a business expense and that does not need to be in your studio. So talk to your tax guy or tax girl. That could be like you going on your family vacation and literally having your your board meeting on your vacation. So there's a lot of fun things about it, but I literally think the tax liability setup is definitely helpful. Uh, A tax person can sometimes help you even set that up if it seems overwhelming. Otherwise, do some research. But talk to your, if you don't have a tax person and you're doing your taxes yourself, for one, that is something that I felt like I needed to do for a long time. And having someone that is more an advisor to me that, for one, is going to hold me accountable to keeping updated with QuickBooks and all of those things, like that has been really helpful in my business these last few years. You deserve to have a tax person, even though I know it costs money, because they are going to, in the long run, help you be a better business owner. So those are just a few of the things I wanted to throw out there because I I literally have just been kind of thinking through, um, especially I've had some people reach out in in my DMs um, talking about like starting a business. So if you are thinking of starting a business, I literally... I have a guide for you because I think that you taking action is is so huge. So if you go to thefloralhustle.com forward slash starter kit, it is just a little um, thing that I put together to help walk you through from like what now looks like in your business to hopefully booking your, your first couple and your first wedding and really like the things that you need to do to take action and getting that done. So I hope that's helpful. Please go check it out. It is thefloralhustle.com forward slash starter kit. And it is just a tool for you to help get it started because taking action is sometimes really overwhelming. And I wanted this little guide to make it easier for you because there are so much opportunity for people starting floral business right now because people are going to be booked this year and people are going to be looking for opportunities and why not that be you? So have a great day, flower friend, and thanks so much for listening. Friend, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found value or today's episode was helpful, please head to your podcast player of choice and hit that subscribe button so that you can be notified every week of new episodes. And while you're there, please go and leave a review. Reviews are so important for getting this message out to all of our other flower friends. Also, if you are wanting additional support, head on over to Facebook and join the Floral Hustle Facebook group, which is a place for like-minded floralpreneurs wanting a more aligned and more profitable floral business. Flower friend, have a fun-filled flower week.